I'm Noah. And I'm Ben. And you're listening to Product Journey. So we have Dan on the show today. Dan Roden, welcome. Hello. How are you guys doing? We're doing good. Glad to have you on here and uh, just talk a little bit about some maker stuff. Talk a little bit about what you're working on and maybe what you're struggling with. Uh, we have some questions, right, Ben? We have some <laughs> questions lined up, right? Yeah, we have a bunch, man. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot about you we want to know about. <laughs> um, so, let's see, just to kind of start us off here a little bit. So, you have multiple different products. Um, so, there's, I think I'm going to say this wrong. Is it ilo.so or ilo? How do you, how do you pronounce that? So, the, the word in Finnish is ilo. So I just call it ILO because it's easier. But some people call it ILO. Okay. It doesn't really matter, I guess. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, you have ILO, uh, Twitter Analytics, um, Cove, which is uh, commenting for ghost blogs. And then you have Gloat, which is uh, hosting for ghost blogs. And then you have some other tools for ghosts. You have you have a bit of stuff in the, the ghost um, kind of area, which is pretty cool that you kind of have some multiple things in there. And then you have uh, a new project you've been working on. Um, so, yeah, so kind of starting off, why do you, you know, why did you kind of decide to go to the route of having multiple different products and working on kind of all those at the same time? Um, I would say that it wasn't me who chose this route. It was the route that chose me, if that makes any sense. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I don't know, I just have ideas all the time and luckily the skills to build them and when I find the right ones. So I just tend to make things that I feel would be useful to other people. Um, I don't want to like not build something that I think would be cool just because I have other things going. Um, so yeah, I've ended up building five or six new things in the last year. Just, just because. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I feel like... Uh well, I guess the, the advice that goes around a lot of times is like focus on one thing or try to, yeah, try to put all your effort into like one business um, to like really make it grow. Um, do you feel like you just, like you just didn't want to do that or you, do you not agree with that or how do you see, see that with what you're doing? I think that, yeah, it depends on the person and like your personality um, and obviously like what goals you may have. Uh, all my things are currently side projects like I have a day job so they're kind of hobbies I guess you could call them Um, which means I don't have to make them grow massive there's no pressure for them to be anything like huge Um, so yeah they're kind of like it's like a playground I guess for me to try out new things and increase my skill set and just have fun Um, some obviously if you're building one project and you need to make that huge or you, you have big ambitions for it then it might make sense to concentrate on that one thing and go all in but for me at the moment that's not where i am so i just have lots of different things going on is it maybe also a little bit because you enjoy the building part more than growing one yeah maybe i'm <laughs> more of a starter than a like a maintainer or a grower uh, i'm kind of trying to switch gears with illo at the moment because the product's been running now for over six months um, with like very little like issues um, and people seem to be liking it so I think um, it's at a stage now where I don't need to build 
on Illo and now it's the time to like properly concentrate on building like a growth machine around it, which is going to be interesting. Yeah. So you're, so you're definitely a, a maker at heart and, you know, you obviously seem to have a lot of skills in building tools and building them quickly. Um, but it seems like you're, you're also pretty good at like, it seems like choosing little niches and things that, uh, are, you know, almost, you know, that are pretty useful. Like, have, have you built some things where you just, uh, maybe it flopped or you just decided like, okay, I'm, I'm not going to spend any more time in this right away. Or, or are all these projects you're working on currently, are they kind of like, kind of just kept on going on them because there were people enjoying in them and using them? Uh, so in the past, I've built stuff that I've never launched. There's quite a few projects that I like, I kind of built in the same way as I do now, like build a prototype and see how it goes kind of thing. Um, I built, in 2010 or 11 or something, I built a web-based game of tag or it, um, called it monster. And that was like in the browser and it would notice other people playing it and you could like go and find them and catch them. Uh, but yeah, I never launched that again. That was like a kind of a hobby project. Um, yeah, it's just, I think in the last year, maybe it's locked down and maybe it's just cause I went back on Twitter and kind of did that more seriously and saw other people building that I just managed well yeah I guess luck as well with the ideas just found some ideas that seemed to make total sense and build them out and then the the reaction kind of spurred me on you make it sound pretty easy <laughs> <laughs> yeah um I have a feeling like a bunch of people out there are now scratching their head like how do you even come up with with those ideas like it seems like you launched like five great things that are like not too big not too small do you have like a game plan when you when you try one of those ideas like how do you do you come up with those um so i think I, uh, when i have an idea i like i mull it over for a long time before i start on it and i'll try and i guess picture what it would look like if it was built and what market you could push it to and how many users you could potentially get and what pricing and like try and kind of guesstimate all those kind of factors um and then i only tend to build ones that make sense or tick all the boxes so like and that's that's worked in the last year um my projects aren't like huge but they're like yeah solid small projects that have potential to grow into bigger things um yeah, like maybe it's luck of the market. Maybe it's kind of paying attention to what is happening. Um, like with the ghost stuff, ghost kind of, I, mean, I think it was 2013 or something it was launched on Kickstarter. It's like a lot, it's like an old project, but only since they launched the newsletters and memberships has it really kind of become a thing to lots of people. Uh, and that was just over like a year and a half ago. So yeah, that's why I jumped on Ghost because I could see that there was huge potential there for things that weren't already in the ecosystem. Like in WordPress, it's quite, well, it's very saturated. There's, there's lots of themes, there's lots of like plugins and stuff, but on Ghost, there were a handful of good theme makers uh, and yeah, no good commenting tool. There's only Discuss or kind of the, the basic generic commenting tools. Uh, so there's a gap in the market for Cove. Mm, yeah yeah so then it seems like you you saw 
with Ghost, you saw multiple little things like projects that need to be created that you could build businesses from. Because you have at least three things in that space, right? Or, or do you have a couple other things as well? Um, so around Ghost, yeah, the first one was Cove, the commenting tool, um, which ties in the, with the Ghost membership. So you can kind of make a like a, a neat kind of ecosystem of or community around your blog. Um, and after building that, yeah, it just kind of struck me how kind of empty the ghost theme world was. Um, so I started thinking about different themes that could be built. And I built the substation theme, which kind of mimics Substack on ghost, because the feature set is basically the same. But a lot of ghost themes are blog-based, which is what you'd expect from a blogging platform. So the idea was to kind of shake it up a bit. Uh, and now there's quite a few, but there's maybe three or four newsletter themes that have come out after interesting to see um, and then after that I realized that because I'd set up an, a number of ghost blogs and it's quite difficult to do unless you go with one of the managed hosting providers um, that yeah I could package up the the knowledge I had about setting up ghost blogs into a service and kind of let people get the self-hosted experience but I would do kind of the initial difficult maintenance uh, installation part they would, they would kind of maintain the server and get the kind of lower fees. So yeah, that's where Gloat came from. So kind of a knock-on, kind of just going deeper and deeper into the ecosystem and seeing opportunities, really. Yeah, it's. Uh, I yeah. think that's pretty interesting because you have some products that are totally standalone while others are, you know, built for a platform. Um, I think that's pretty interesting because Noah is also like when you compare us here, like I'm the guy who's all always building like standalone stuff while Noah is always like building on a platform. <laughs> um, yeah. Do you see any advantages of of doing that for Ghost? Uh, well, I think uh, well, like I mentioned earlier, Ghost is quite it's under it's underserved. Maybe it's a powerful platform that is is very good for publishing, but there, yeah, there's just a lot of space i guess around the core product that there's room to build new things and try new things out um there's no like official plugin like system in ghost you kind of have to build on top of it or around it quite delicately but i managed to figure out a way to to do cove uh, comments with cove i think like illo builds on top of twitter and now my new thing tolta integrates with like an infinite number of platforms so yeah uh i think Building small things on top of platforms is is cool. It's a good way to like build a like a good business because there's already people there using those products, and maybe you could build something extra that would give some value to, to those users. Um, but yeah, like you, Ben, building like in like standalone things that, that I guess you have more scope for larger larger wins because you can make your own kind of ecosystem uh, and space on the internet. So, I mean, there's definitely pros and cons to both. Uh, I don't really tend to think about the, those trade-offs much. I just kind of build the the tool I want to build. <laughs> you just, uh, yeah, do what you want to do and uh, just build it, make it happen. Yeah. I mean, that's fun. I mean, I think that's fun because it seems like you're definitely optimizing for enjoyment i guess like you're you're having fun building the things that you would want to see built and in some ways like trying to go build like the next big thing like there's a lot of pressure 
and and stress that comes with that that like i don't yeah i, I probably don't want that no <laughs> <laughs> um so i don't know i think i think that's a cool way to to look at it um yeah just kind of have try to have fun with it i i know for myself like sometimes i put i think i put too much pressure on myself um with what I'm building to where it, it can start to get not fun. <laughs> right. Have you ever experienced that or, or do you feel like that's something you're pretty good at, at not letting happen? No, I think, I think because these are side projects and I can only do a certain amount of time on them each week, or I have to kind of do one for a couple of weeks and then go back to another one. It's quite a light kind of workload and I can't really get too involved with them. Um, like I said earlier, there's no like pressure for them to grow massively. There's no like pressure to make instant revenue. Um, so yeah, it's quite, it, they're hobby, pro hobby projects that I enjoy making. Um, I think I will take them more seriously maybe this year and try and see what happens. Cause I can see potential in like each of them and where they could potentially go. But yeah, I don't tend to stress too much about those projects. Yeah, that's actually yeah. one of one of those questions I had for you. Like, would you would you consider going all in on them and maybe even quit the day job at some point, or what's the what's the big plan behind it? <laughs> well, no plan. Taking one day <laughs> at a time. Um, I think it, the projects would have to earn a certain amount per month for it to make sense to leave the job because it's it's all extra income right now. So it doesn't make any sense to do one or the other when you can do both at the same time kind of simple as that at the moment yeah well how do you yeah how do you manage all of it at once though because you have like multiple projects and then you have your day job so how do you how do you like work on different how do you choose which ones you're going to work on or jump back and forth and, and manage all that uh in the time that you have um just i just write down lists of tasks to do um and then just pick them off one by one um there's again there's no real like plan behind anything um some weeks i really want to get back to another project so i'll go and do that um the last 10 days or so i've been full on illo so i've done the new home page and launched some new features and like ios widgets so api kind of powering that in the background so i really wanted to get that out i think i started doing that around christmas time um it's just kind of sat there on my kind of test environment, <laughs> my local environment. Um, so it was time to get that out. So I just yeah, switched to Illo for a bit. And then now that's out, I'll go back to Tolta and kind of finish out the uh, getting ready for a proper public launch. Nice. And then, uh, so your your day job, What what is it that you do for your day job? I'm um, head of product at a startup in London. So basically what I do in my <laughs> side projects. <laughs> right right <laughs> but on a bigger scale yeah so head of product do you do so you, i guess in, in some companies i know like head of product doesn't really do any software development is that right true in your case or are you doing no, are you doing a lot of stuff in the product yeah so the the dev team is three uh it's me a developer and an ios developer so it falls on me to do all like designing and planning and talking with the boss to organize features and make sure they're kind of planned out properly and scheduled. Um, and yeah, I also do coding as well. Just kind of a lot of everything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, it's that sounds like fun, though. I mean, it seems like that's what you're good at, is, like, basically doing everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of everything, jumping around. Yeah. Um, that's cool. Sounds like a lot of fun. But you're not... From uh, from some of the uh, pictures I've seen in like the fleets that you you have on Twitter or images, it doesn't look like you're in London, are you? No, <laughs> I'm not in London. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where are you, where are you at? You always have these cool pictures of like the beach and stuff. I was like, man, I should. Where are you at? I need to be there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I live in Mauritius, which is a small island off the east of Africa. Yeah, okay. <laughs> hot. hot tropical island that's that's cool how did you end up there i mean i'm sure i'm guessing that you moved there later is that right uh i've been here five years um and yeah just it's it's one of the few countries in the world that um have like a self-employed visa so you can move here without being hired by a company here and kind of set up set up shop and just be your own boss so yeah, I do. That's pretty cool. So officially, I'm a contractor. Um, yeah, I could do my own projects as well. That is pretty cool, dude. I want to move there. You can. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Last year they announced uh, this new visa as well for remote workers to try and get people to come over. So now That's you can. That's pretty smart. You can work here, like you have the rights to work here, f- like for your home-based company for a year, renewable. Yeah. Hmm, that's pretty cool. So, would you uh, recommend that to to everyone else? Yeah, <laughs> we should all go there. <laughs> all the makers. Yeah, <laughs> set up a little camp there. Yeah, that'd be cool, but not in my house. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wasn't. I wasn't saying that. <laughs> that would be nice, though. But it's it's interesting because you hear about everyone like in Southeast Asia, like Bali and all those places. People like the digital nomad kind of scene. And Mauritius is definitely left off that list. I'm not sure why. Maybe it's just people don't know about it. Um, but it's I'm only four hours from London, like time zone wise. So U- Europe, it's it's very well placed. Um, and South Africa is like a four hour fly flight away. Um, yeah. So like in many ways, Mauritius is ideal. Uh, ideal place. Yeah. How did you like initially five years ago? How did you find that? place like were you just doing a lot of research to figure out where you wanted to go like you kind of just had an idea like i want i want to just go live somewhere else live by yeah. the beach or something or <laughs> so we'd lived in a few different places um i think it was my wife who just found it was looking for somewhere new to live somewhere nice and warm and she just stumbled across mauritius and then we realized that we could actually just kind of rock up <laughs> and move here <laughs> so we did yeah I'm guessing the the cost of living there is probably like cheaper than in you know Europe or London or something like that. It's actually quite similar to Europe. We found, um, yeah, like food. I guess because things are imported here, um, it's quite expensive. Well, I wouldn't say expensive, but it's not it's not like Southeast Asia kind of crazy cheap. Um, but yeah, it's just comfortable living really. Yeah, that's cool. Did you have something, Ben? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> We're going to cut that out. <laughs> um, it sounds like you're making enough, though. And um, 
You also recently, I think on Twitter, I saw that you also had an offer to sell some or all of your products for a certain amount. Yeah. Tell us a little bit more about that. <laughs> um, yeah, so I got a random DM one day from someone who was in, they were kind of pitching the idea of buying my four ghost things as a kind of like a bulk purchase. Um, mm. Yeah, just kind of interesting, interesting talking to him and going through that kind of motion of kind of detaching yourself from your kind of babies and seeing how that kind of <laughs> feels. Because uh, a lot of people start projects and then get so attached or kind of entwined in them. Um, that this is yeah, kind of a good experience in that way, in that respect. Um, but yeah, I mean, in the end, it didn't kind of go through. Um, the buyer decided not to kind of pull the trigger. But yeah, I think it's just kind of interesting going, yeah, like I say, like going through the, the motions of kind of agreeing with yourself to sell something that you've created from nothing. It's kind yeah. Because you've done that. Yeah, yeah. We've, we've both done that, right? Uh, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. So, I mean, did you, how was that for you guys? Um, you go ahead first, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> well, for me, selling Tiny Log was, was rather easy because it was not like I had built on it for a year or something like that. So it was basically just getting started, right? Like there were some first paying customers. It was just rather a quick side project. And it's probably the same for you, right? Like you, you're doing this with like a surface mentality. <laughs> you're like easygoing. And if, if you, you know, like if you can make a bunch of money off of those side projects, because that's what you view them as, right? Like how you see them. That's probably like something you would definitely consider. Um, and I think it's easier if, you, if you're not so much in, in need or in love with those projects. <laughs> Like you know, you don't need them financially, and you're mm. not so so bound to them. That's 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 how it was like for me with with Tiny Lock at least. Yeah, I think um, getting like a, instead of like projecting out like potential revenue growth over five years versus like cash in the bank, I don't think there's much choice when you get offered that. I think it makes total sense to kind of take the money because you can always start something else if you want to um i saw actually a tweet on twitter um that was asking would you take five million investment or a five million buyout and every mm. like basically 95 percent of people would say sell <laughs> they're like all, all the responses are sell i think that's yeah yeah what i would do as well that makes sense yeah <laughs> yeah because yeah with five million you don't really have to do a ton more else and then you can just enjoy yeah. building your side projects <laughs> <laughs> you, yeah. just, you just buy a house in Mauritius. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sit on the beach. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. With uh, so my experience is well, it was a little different because so it was Coffee Pass that we sold, and that was kind of like it wasn't a side project. It was like a startup. We ended up like like uh, quitting our jobs to focus on full time and stuff, and we spent like two years on it. And uh, so it was a little bit more effort and stuff that went into it. And so then the, the, the buying process was a lot, there's just a lot more involved in it too, which m most of that's not fun. <laughs> um, yeah. like, uh, like there were lawyers involved and like tons of negotiations. It actually took us like a, a year to actually 
make the deal happen. Okay. Um, talking back and forth with that person. So like there was a lot of parts of that that weren't very fun. And um, <laughs> even like the transition period, uh, there was like a bit of me having to like help with stuff and, and things like that. Um, actually just like yesterday, uh, I had to do something for, so it, it's an iOS app um, and Android app, but on the iOS side, I still have the account that the app that they're building on is is using, and they're they're working on transitioning from you know my our Apple account to their Apple account, mm-hmm. which Apple's really hard with this stuff, like they make it very <laughs> difficult, and so that's why it's still sitting on our Apple account. And there's every once in a while there's like some things that I have to click through so that they can add new updates and stuff. It's it's very annoying, um, <laughs> but yeah, there's still like annoying stuff like that every once in a while I have to to deal with so yeah hopefully you don't have that kind of experience though (laughs) um but yeah yeah there's 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 pros and cons to selling i guess um um, but yeah it definitely depends like uh i guess who the buyer is and how easy they are to work with and hopefully yeah i hope you have someone that's really nice to work with kind of like uh ben had with tiny log so and how long did it take you ben it wasn't a year like two days <laughs> <laughs> now that was a quick yeah, run it was just like a it's just like a twitter it's dm, like DM. Right? and it's like okay it's sold yep <laughs> like you want to sell yep <laughs> so are you, the things that you're building now do you have it in the back of your mind that you might sell them at some point or is that something you don't you think about because i think about it quite a lot so I would definitely consider it. I mean, just like you said, if the amount of money is is enough, then there's there's no good reason not to sell and just start something new. I guess right now, mm. um, it is a little bit harder though, seeing that you invested like a year or something. That that could be <laughs> that that's more interesting to consider then. <laughs> yeah, but if you if you get a big payout, then I I, I don't know. It's quite easy for me to balance like a year of hard work for a decent kind of check at the end of it because it yeah. kind of, you can kind of kind of equate them. Yeah, true, especially because you're not working on it full-time, neither am I. Mm. So, mm. yeah, makes sense. Yeah, for sure. Cool. Um, so, let's see, what's kind of looking into the, the future a little bit? What's what's some of the, the next steps or, or kind of, I guess you, it sounds like maybe you don't have a ton of plans with uh, your next steps. You're kind of just taking it day at a time. But do you have any have any plans for the future, or yeah, how do you look at that? Well, I set a goal uh, maybe October last year to try and reach 10k MRR, just because that's the number that people seem to kind of go for. Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> uh, that'd be nice to hit this year, but. Um, so I've kind of stuck because I don't have the pressure to do it. Do I really go for it or do I just kind of sit back and see what happens? Um, but yeah, I think, with, like I said, with Illo, I'm kind of moving into marketing mode and I'd love to see if I can, maybe with some outside help, grow it and like properly try and grow it. Um, so that's kind of the the big kind of thing that's mm. coming. Um, told to I need yeah. to launch properly. And then just kind of maintenance stuff. I don't, I don't have any kind of new ideas that I want to pursue. So yeah, I yeah. think 2021 is going to be growth focused rather than building focused. 
but who knows what's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> so what what's uh yeah, what's kind of your strategy for growing? It seems like so far has been mostly correct me if I'm wrong, like through Twitter, like kind of building in public and yeah. and doing stuff on Twitter. Is that kind of your going to be your main focus? Or are you looking to other channels or ways to grow? Or yeah, what's your well, strategy there? Well, luckily, Illo is a Twitter tool, so <laughs> I'm in the perfect place like, <laughs> <laughs> for hours of a day. <laughs> no, uh, no, it's, I think. So I, I mean, I can see how many people convert at the moment out of say a hundred signups. So to grow that, that, I mean, you can easily just say get a thousand people to sign up, and then you'll get ten times the customers, kind of thing. So like, I need to get Illo in front of more people. Um, I don't know where those people are or what that kind of market segment is yet. Um, so yeah, I, I, like I've just done the kind of the relaunch of the homepage and this kind of feature bump. Um, and now I need to sit down and kind of think and yeah, like get some outside help maybe just to plan the next few months, get kind of a, the ball rolling and see, maybe try out some different stuff. I don't, I don't know if Twitter ads, uh, I mean, I've kind of seen some kind of average res like reports about how effective they are. So I don't know if that's something I'll try, but, um, because it's a Twitter tool. Twitter seems yeah, like the best place mm -hmm. to to kind of push it. That makes that sense. Makes, yeah, that yeah. makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I've noticed, at least for me, um, since I'm already like on Twitter a decent amount, at least this last year, um, I've noticed that like choosing a business where people from Twitter would be interested in it, like makes things a lot easier kind mm -hmm. of like at least on the marketing front since i'm not like a a marketer myself <clears throat> so like i don't know it, twitter has been a pretty good place I f for my newest project to uh, and business to be able to get new customers and stuff like that where if i if i didn't have a uh, a product in that market like i think it would be pretty hard to like you know where do you go <laughs> where do you go to right. get customers and, and find new people um so for me, that's definitely been helpful. I've, I've seen just in the last couple months. Um, <clears throat> but you, you mentioned that maybe you'd get some help. So are you, are you thinking like you would get like a hire, like a, a consultant or someone to kind of just like meet with to kind of figure out some more of the marketing stuff or what are you thinking there? Yeah, just, um, yeah, just like part-time a few hours a month or a week or something, just just to get a kind of brain, someone someone with a marketing brain to uh, come up with some ideas of where where to market it or how to market it or kind of what yeah, segments to go after. Because, yeah, I just tend to end up building stuff rather than <laughs> <laughs> doing marketing when I should be. Um, yeah, um, we'll see how that goes. I think I'm willing to, like, to spend a, a large chunk of MRR try and spur growth because the payoff if, could be huge so yeah, that's the plan yeah that's that's a pretty cool plan i like that because you know a lot of indie hackers and makers are you know software developers we usually aren't as good at the marketing stuff um so yeah once you get a, a business to a point where you're like okay this has a lot of potential um that makes a lot of sense to me like you know 
spend some money on something that maybe we're you know we're not as good at um and try to see if you can get it going i i could see myself maybe doing something similar i know at least i've, I've spent money on like courses and things like that um and, and i plan to do some more courses like buy some more stuff to just learn more like in the marketing area just because that's where you know i don't have as much experience um but i think that makes a lot of sense yeah um, something I can do is the uh, is just like content. So I've had <laughs> I've had a plan for a few months to write out Twitter kind of analytics, like the basics, like what metrics you should be looking for, what kind of rates, or like ratios you you need to be kind of hitting. Um, so I think there's probably like twenty articles I could write pretty easily about specific like points around Twitter analytics, which would be great for like SEO. Um, but again, I haven't really had a huge amount of SEO experience. So having someone kind of maybe look at those once I've finished and tweak them and make like polish them, make them better would be ideal. Um, so that's kind of like, yeah, just like the outside help <laughs> just to, to push it through really. Um, I'm yeah. also thinking about referrals, like an in, internal referral tool because, uh, quite a few, a good number of paying customers are sharing their dashboards publicly um which is amazing you, they share their links on twitter and then obviously other people see their metrics and their dashboards and then see what Elo can, can do it's like a demo basically so i think mm-hmm. um yeah just get people to share Elo is like a no-brainer and i can tie a proper like affiliate or referral system into the public dashboard so that anyone visiting a public dashboard would then turn into kind of a referral which uh, yeah i think that would should help <laughs> yeah that's pretty smart I, I actually like the the content driven angle as well because they could get you in front of folks like uh, marketers and people actually looking to grow twitter accounts professionally mm. and that could be a whole yeah. new demographic to reach right that's that's pretty good yeah so yeah but as, as i said like i need to stop building and <laughs> write some <laughs> stuff instead <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. actually started a Notion workspace today called Illo, and that's oh, nice. as far as I got. But hopefully I'll fill that <laughs> up with some words. <laughs> yeah. I'm right so, there with you. I don't, like, I've written, like, three or four blog posts over the last weeks, and I just hate doing it, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's hard because it doesn't feel like you're moving forward. Well, yeah. at least I find, like, when, I, when I'm building stuff or designing a new page or something, I feel like there's momentum and I feel like I'm actually going somewhere. But when I sit there and just write, write paragraphs of words, I, I can't really, I can't, like, visualize that actually doing anything. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> yeah. it's quite... It is the same way. <laughs> yeah, it is so, so much delayed gratification. You have no idea if it's actually no. going to pay off. And if it's right. going to pay off, it's like six months from now. Right, exactly. Like a year later, you yeah. might get like some yeah. like good visits to that it's page. It's the worst. <laughs> yeah, I'll be like writing words and I'll be like, is anyone going to even see these words? <laughs> I doubt like, is anyone going to look at this? Like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But without them, someone might not see your code or your design so yeah it's it's important i know it's important but i need to keep i need to write it on like <laughs> above my computer screen or something <laughs> to get, like to like uh yeah kick me out of the building mode yeah so i'm curious you know with you spending time on twitter you have some products in twitter do you feel like twitter has changed like over the last year or like how has it changed 
because uh, I'm just thinking like for me I feel like I don't know if it's grown but it seems like there's more of like a builder community on there than there was a year year and a half ago like I just see a lot more people doing stuff on Twitter so I don't I, what, are, what are your thoughts on that um, yeah I think it's definitely got like busier um, and there's a lot of cool people now kind of like working in public and showing what they're working on and sharing all this stuff um, I'd worry <laughs> I'm worried that it's either going to get too busy and like noisy that it's kind of not so great to be on Twitter anymore um, but as I'm part of the people <laughs> doing that I can't really <laughs> kind of complain <laughs> uh, yeah <laughs> um, the, like feature wise I mean they've come out with all these different kind of mini products within the product and I'd, I'm kind of wary of what that's going to do to the platform because Twitter at its core is like a, like a quick text platform and that's kind of like the DNA and now they're adding audio and they're adding like the, the super follows and the uh, like whatever else they're kind of adding it's going to be interesting to see what happens to Twitter as one thing because it's going to be so many different things at once um, so yeah I yeah I don't know what's going to happen to the text based Twitter when people are chatting on spaces or like fleets I don't see fleets going anywhere but um <laughs> Just yeah, like all I these extra things. A fleet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I follow like 400 people and only, there's ever only like 10 people that have posted a fleet when I go to check the fleet bar. Yeah. It's like yeah. a tiny percentage. I'm only just looking at right. them for your Mauritius pictures, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I should post some more. <laughs> yeah, I, I think, yeah, it's interesting what they're, they're doing. Um, I don't know. I think I could see the the different projects Twitter's adding um, and working on helping them grow. Like, well, at least especially Twitter Spaces. Like, I can see there's a lot of potential with that. Just with you know how people are going crazy about Clubhouse um, and Twitter Spaces seems to be pretty good and probably maybe better. Um, so I could see something some potential with that. But it, it does, like you're saying, it kind of changes like what what you think of Twitter as and just kind of changes the the game a little bit with how you have to interact with people on Twitter, yeah. um, you know, which is good or bad, I guess, based on who you are. Um, <coughs> but yeah, it's definitely been interesting to see the, the changes and stuff. To me, it feels like they're heading towards like Facebook territory where you go to Facebook and you can do like six different things in one place. Like you can be in a group or you can like post some pictures or you can like read the news or like, you know, there's like so many different things in Facebook used to be able to play games in Facebook. Right. Right. Um, but Twitter, I, I like Twitter. Like, Twitter's my favorite tool, basically. And back in the day, it was really cool to like get SMSs and post to Twitter through SMS. Like, I still kind of remember that vividly. So to see them now kind of diverting and not really focusing on text anymore, it's, uh, we'll see what happens, but kind of feels a bit yeah, weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah makes sense uh cool do we have anything else to wrap up ben i guess that's all yeah this was a uh, good chatting with you dan it's just cool to see how you think about things and all the stuff you're building and learning about that so thanks for thanks for sharing with us thanks for having me on it's been good to chat yeah w yeah we'll be sure to put uh some links to your 
projects and what you're working on in the show notes. So listeners, you can check out check that out. Uh, but otherwise, we'll talk to you guys in another episode. See you next week. Bye.